Hello, you're listening to Thorny Thoughts. I'm your host, Hawthorne. This is an audio diary documenting my Saturn return, as well as a place to ramble about witchcraft, queerness, farming, whiteness, disability, and a whole lot more. All right, welcome to the first episode of Thorny Thoughts. I am your host, Hawthorne. We're here with our co-host slash semi-regular guest, Leah. Um, I'm going to introduce myself and talk a bit about the goals of this podcast, and then I will let Leah introduce herself. So as I said, my name is Hawthorne. I use they, them pronouns. I am a non-binary, queer, witchy, farm and food advocate. Um, I grew up in East Tennessee and moved up to Wisconsin as a teenager. My family has been involved in farming or farm adjacent for my entire life. So I am all about plants and food and cultivating connections to those things. Um, I am a white person. I am a settler of Scots-Irish and German and uh, shamefully a little bit of British uh, English descent. And um, I will forever make jokes at the expense of the English. And uh, I am hoping that this podcast will be a really casual, friendly conversation. Um, I hate editing things, so uh, (laughs) we'll see how awkward we get. And I started this because I wanted to have a diary of my Saturn return, which is an astrology thing, and we will get into that a little bit later. But basically, it means I'm 28 now, Um, just had my birthday a few weeks ago, And I have to face the reality of becoming a real full-sized grown-up. And uh, I wanted y'all to come on this journey with me. And we are in, we're still in a pandemic. And I am hoping that some of my, some of my friends will enjoy hearing my goofy, goofy voice talking about anything that comes to mind. Um, And yeah, that's about all I have for now. I'm sure we'll discover some some unspoken identities that I have simply forgotten as we go through this, but I will let you, let you have at it, Leah. Wow. That was a very impressive introduction. Um, And uh, yay. It's still practically Scorpio season. I know we are technically not in it anymore, Mm -hmm. but I still feel the, the feelings of it. Um, So I'm Leah and I resonate with a lot of things that author said, which is probably one reason we met and became friends. Um, I am a lover um, and passionate um, student of all things farm and food, food justice, climate justice, and collective liberation and intersectional analysis. And I, I, I'm a recovering festy chick is how I've figured out to, to put it. Um, and also a queer white cis woman, which, and I also explore the non-binary space and that continues to be a, um, a liberating exploration. I go by she or they, and, um, I'm of mostly German descent, which was a new discovery for my family. Uh, We did not know that until recently. Um, And British and a little bit of Scottish. So some similarities there. Um, But my Scottish, very small compared to you, Hawthorne. Um, (laughs) Are we measuring kilts? (laughs) Yeah, my kilt measures to zero because I don't have one. Um, But I want one. This sounds great. Um, I was born in Washington, D.C. My family moved around quite a bit. I was mostly raised in uh, Michigan for the majority of my life and then have moved a lot since then. And I currently reside in Tewa land um, in what is currently known as northern New Mexico in in a rural space. So that's what I got for now. But uh, like you said, I'm sure there will be more that will come out as we as we chat. Yeah. And thank you for reminding me to uh, name that 
I grew up in Eastern Cherokee territory, and I now currently reside in the traditional homelands of the Ho-Chunk and Meskwaki people. Um, and I also wanted to uh, be a total dork and throw out my astrology placements. So feel free to reciprocate if you feel uh, so drawn. But as, as Leah indicated, I am a Scorpio sun, uh, Cancer rising, and a Leo moon. So I am a gigantic drama queer. <laughs> and, um, I will cry about it and then I will hold a grudge. And uh, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, this is an astrology heavy podcast already. So. Which is great because I feel like I know some things about astrology and have been guided helpfully in some ways, but I feel like I'm also going to just learn a lot from learn from talking to you, Hawthorne. So I am a Libra sun, which initially Hawthorne was going <laughs> to keep me away with a 20 foot pole when they found that out. Um, but luckily they decided to move forward, be my friend. Um, so I'm a Libra sun and a Taurus moon and I'm a Virgo rising. Um, and I think the, the double earth helps some of my air, my airiness. <laughs> oh my God. That's a great. Um, I never realized that sort of balance. Like I'm double water and one fire. And so you're double earth and one air, at least in those major placements. So like we have a complete set. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We have all the elements. Yeah. That's yeah amazing. The, the audience should feel comforted knowing we are covering <laughs> all of our bases. <laughs> I think that's a really great segue into um how I wanted to start this is just saying like how we even met in the first place and I guess a little bit of why on earth you would want to spend your free time and your weekends making a goofy podcast with me. Um, so I will just say uh, from my, my point of view and then I will let you share yours. Um, I think we met in the very first year of the Queer Farm Convergence, which I wanna say is 2018. Please correct me if that's not right. But I think, I think that's right. I think that's right. <clears throat> and we had both just signed up to carpool over there because um, the convergence was over in Decorah. And we were both in the Madison, Wisconsin area at the time. Um, and I showed up and it was Leah and I think your partner and a third person and like, my poor little sensory sensitive ass was like terrified. I volunteered because I had a minivan and I was like, okay, you know, like I can bring over three or four people in my minivan. I wanted to be nice. I wanted to like meet some friends on the way. And I was like, oh no, there's so many people in my car now. And then and I started talking and it was just like this immediate connection. We We had such a great conversation about whiteness and how it had impacted our spiritual journey and that's the majority of what I remember I'm sure I think I riffed on you of course for being a Libra we might have talked a little bit about astrology <laughs> but yeah and of course the I want to shout out to the queer farmer convergence it was an absolutely magical time and I'm missing all of those wonderful people this fall yeah yeah me too we had at the Queer Farmer Convergence, this big thunderstorm came through and just all these queers, like we were playing music and singing songs and dancing in the barn in a thunderstorm. And I mean, those are those are magical moments. And so really mm -hmm. grateful to that community. Um, that was really special and important for me. And and then, yeah, driving with you. I mean, I like, yeah, it's funny. I can remember like specific things we talked about because some of them are really huge for me. Like we had a really important for me conversation about shamanism and the problems of the word shaman and like what shaman shamanism has become and new age spirituality and all the cultural appropriation. And it was just like, we just went right there and you just cut straight to the wick. And I was like, Oh, this person does not mess around. <laughs> and these conversations are fascinating. And that's kind of like been at the root of our continued friendship. I think is just like calling each other up to like, talk through all the ins and outs of a particular subject, you know, like, and both being in the regenerative agriculture world, um, 
and you know understanding more and more through our own like learning all the problems there it's just so it's so special to have a comrade who's willing to go there and and be critical you know but you know critical with heart and uh so it's just been it's been a pleasure (laughs) that that warms my leo moon um (laughs) I'm, i'm really stepping into like my diva self a lot lately which i've told leah um but i used to be like so just emo kid constantly critical of everything the world is terrible like super heavy scorpio vibes and i'm like really leaning into that like you said like trying to have some heart to it because i i can very easily fall into hypercritical mode and that's something i'm still work on so it's really i really value like hearing that from you and hearing that that was um a good and helpful conversation because yeah that's something I forgot to mention in my intro like hello I'm Hawthorne I'm very autistic so I struggle with like (laughs) beating around the bush on things and so I think when Leah mentioned shamanism I was like oh that's problematic as hell friend (laughs) just immediately (laughs) like let's let's dissect this but it's so funny how connected and how similar like regenerative ag and the new age movement are and I think this is something we'll probably ramble about at length in future Mm -hmm. episodes but I think I've like tried to make you or you did listen to the podcast about um how Rudolf Steiner was like definitely an (laughs) anti-semite it was just there's there's so much intermixing between that sort of white lady spirituality and the whole foods organic sort of worlds um which is not a mistake yeah yeah absolutely and like meeting you was really thrilling for so many reasons and one of the reasons is like I had you can sometimes when you start to critique these things find yourself a little bit isolated Mm -hmm. um you know like from having I had a college course in undergrad um, that was Lewis and Clark in Portland, Oregon. And I had learned about Carl Jung and read an, a biography about him and discovered that he was incredibly misogynistic and anti-Semitic. And, you know, having also seen him write the introduction of every New Age spiritual book ever, you know, it was just one of those like, oh, gosh, like this is, you know, hard to compute. And then mm-hmm. um, and then to try to have those conversations in, quote unquote, New Age spaces, it's we know people yeah. <laughs> and you can get a little you can get a little light wash by someone they're like oh you don't don't bring that here you know don't bring that that critique here we're that it's that love and light problem mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah I so appreciate that I like and then you introduced me to that podcast uh is it um what? it's How- behind the bastards um by Robert Evans and He's actually been making a name for himself a lot lately because he's been covering the Portland uprisings as well on his multiple news podcasts with his friends. But um, I appreciate Robert so hard. He's uh, he does a lot of good uncovering of like the problematic white dudes at the basis of a lot of our culture. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Culture that people can think is radical or, you know, yeah revolutionary or progressive and you know that's certainly what I thought when I was reading Carl Jung's intro to a new age spiritual book was that this person was on the leading edge of a you know somewhere I want to be and then you read the you learn you know you hear about the behind the bastards behind the scenes and you're like oh this is not um you really need to start looking at you know who you're listening to and what their intentions are and where they're coming from and yeah so I like love that there are increasingly there's media about stuff like this and it's becoming more of a conversation and people are more and more willing to look at it. I think, uh, uh, at least, at least (laughs) it feels that way when I get to have those conversations like with you, Hawthorne. Hello. Hawthorne. Leah, can you hear me? Oh, you're back. That okay. Was, you disappeared. That's all right. I, my screen went to sleep, but I was hoping it would keep recording. Um, <laughs> Lordy. 
So yeah, I'll just start from um, where I was responding to you. Um, so I've had a similar experience as well. It really does feel like at least a handful more people are open to these conversations and open to really looking at like systemic patterns and like the basis of, I don't know, it's really hard to, I'm sure there's an academic word for it, um, but like really getting to the root of people's ideology and how they construct like their inner cosmology. And that, I mean, I will, we'll probably get into the new age stuff um, a bit deeper and sort of my journey through and out of that. Um, but so many of the basic assumptions at like the root of the new age movement and at the root of many types of organic agriculture are super, like just super heavy in white supremacy and cis normativity. And the more that like we kind of uncover this and see it, the more it's evident as like a pattern in, in our everyday interactions, which like can be said for a lot of things that are sort of coming to light recently, like um, I don't know, the lack of consent in our culture and just white supremacy in general. Um, and I think that's a really good um, way to sort of get into some of the astrology of, and I guess just our experience as well of 2020. Um, so we are recording this on November 28th, 2020. Um, and it's been a hecking ride it has been a very long year. I keep thinking like stuff I did back in January was two years ago because I feel like this summer has been a lifetime or two condensed into four months. Um, but I would really like to hear about like how your year is going so far and if you have any, um, if you've made any connections to sort of Saturn's progression. It was, it was in Capricorn when we started the year and then popped over into Aquarius between March and July. And uh, I know your Saturn is in Capricorn. So that was sort of, we're just now finishing up your Saturn return until I think December 19th or so. Um, so if you noticed any influence there, or honestly, if you just want to vent and tell us like, how was your 2020, Leah? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so it's been a ride. I will say that. And yes, my Saturn, I went into my Saturn return, um, a couple years ago. Uh, I guess it would have been the end of 2017. And so I sort of have been wrapping it up this year because it went, you know, like you said, Saturn went to Aquarius and then somehow through these astrological happenings that this is where my <laughs> limits of my knowledge come in. Like it, it has, you know, returned, I think probably um, retrograded. Is that what happened? To Saturn retrograde yeah. into, into, back into um, Capricorn. So, that is correct. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like it's been obvious for me that my Saturn returns is wrapping up largely because my Saturn returns was so classic in so many ways. And um, from what I understand too about Capricorn, uh, Saturn being in Capricorn and Capricorn being a, you know, an earth sign, you know, can be very um, pursuant of goals and persistent and, you know, just like going after it, but sometimes to your own detriment. Um, and then Saturn being very limited, you know, limiting uh, and, imposing structures and limits and rules and authority. And I, in my Saturn returns, which I'm sure we'll have lots of time to talk to you about later. I mean, it went, just had so many things, like my health broke down, but, you know, was losing loved ones, you know, was, you know, having to, to uh, manage an incredibly um, traumatized dog and, and learn how to train her and, um, there was just so much happening at once. It made it very hard for me to, you know, pursue my goals or work or do school or things like that. And I feel like when March hit, I was just transitioning out of my road trip that I'd been on for 10 months. When I left Wisconsin, we met me and my partner went on a road trip for 10 months. And then I landed in 
where I am now, which is so-called New Mexico. And I started a job in March and that ended up being good timing because of how everything happened. It would have been very hard to have been traveling obviously during Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, But my life sort of settled down. I mean, I was suddenly working and um, living at a home and, you know, where we ended up moving eventually had enough space to garden. And so there was just a lot of grounding and um, an ability to ride out this storm with a lot of privilege, with a lot of um, abundance and like a really great set of neighbors. Um, So I think that there is a feeling for me of a, of a release in some ways um, of so much pressure uh, that I have experienced during my Saturn returns um, and a sort of a, a gentleness. Um, and um, that has, doesn't mean it hasn't gone along with some serious turns. I, um, I have depression and I um, have managed depression for a couple decades now. And it is something that I take active care towards. And so I've had some pretty, bleak times during this time um of really feeling isolated really feeling alone um really feeling disconnected from community and um being in just being in that and uh I felt you know there has been there has been through my practices but also just through this community of people that even though I don't not like close with every everyone and like my neighbors yet there is a closeness there is a welcomeness um with my neighbors and everyone here gardens and so that just like being outside and getting to shout hellos and chat with people across <laughs> the fence um all of that has really been helpful to me even on the days when I don't want it even on the days when I want to uh just completely isolate so mm-hmm. Mixed bag, um, I would say that a lot of my privilege of having a job, having a car, um, having land to grow food on has made it, um, has eased some of the uh, really intense waves of it. So I see that too. And, um, and really, yeah, a lot of like gratitude for all that I do have and access. Um, I think that's, I'll, I'll wrap, wrap it, that part up there and, um, and turn the question towards you, if you would care to share about your year, um, and how it's connected to Saturn's progression. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's really lovely to hear how you kind of landed from your, your whirlwind travels, like right at the right time, um, I feel like in some ways my year has been almost the opposite. Mm. Um, I I always like look back through my calendar to see like, well, what was I doing at this, you know, at this big conjunction time and literally like seven days before we went into lockdown in Wisconsin, I had a job interview at a job that I was really excited about and then everything shut down and they kind of just never got back to me. Um, And so throughout that whole like March to July period, I was kind of job hunting, but just kind of like, I don't know. I just really felt lost. And this was coming off of like a really big winter, you know, like for farmers, winter is conference season. So like I had just been to the Farmers Union uh, State Convention. I had just been to Moses, which is a gigantic organic uh, conference in the Midwest which is terrifying to think about like knowing that COVID was active in the U.S. at that time. So I'm a little grumpy about it. Um, But thankfully I was okay then. And I was really like, I was just really vibing and feeling like I was ready to have a formal job again and like start my career and do all this adulty crap. And then lockdown just kind of like put the kibosh on all of that. And so I ended up working with like some local mutual aid groups um, and doing virtual support for a group in Madison. I live like an hour outside this, um, the city in the country. Um, so I was just like answering emails and phones and, uh, 
ended up starting a virtual group for my local area as well. Um, that hasn't really taken off hugely because it's it's rural culture and it's really different. Um, and mutual aid is really different out here. And I'm still figuring that out because I'm not very socially savvy at some of those things. Um, but yeah, and then like, I don't know, when it shifted back in July, I, I got a job interview um, with the farmers union actually, and ended up doing some communications work with them through the fall. And that has just recently ended. And I don't know, it's Aquarius is so different from Capricorn. So it's like, it's so fitting that during that Capricorn period, like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like had actual employment and I had like, I felt like I had a physical path. And that's something I really like, I dropped out of school and my life plan has gone awry in so many different ways. I'm always like really anxious when I don't know what the path ahead looks like. And um, I feel like that's something um, that my Saturn return is gonna make me face a bit more once it, once it hits again, because I may have a job coming up. I don't know, I've been doing a lot of applications, but I'm also like, it's a freaking pandemic. Um, and I am again, like privileged enough to not really panic about my housing right now and have land where I can grow food. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's been a really interesting time of like trying to figure out my priorities and what I really want versus like what a real grown-up job looks like. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned your dog had health issues. Like my dog was dealing with, um, some minor health issues, like right when lockdown hit. And it's like, that's a weird coincidence to me. And of course, all of my mental health stuff like flared back up. So depression, anxiety, my like crappy eating issues, like God, the first month of lockdown was, was a really bad time for that. Um, yeah. And so like coming, coming back out of that, it's kind of like, it was kind of like a mini um, review or I can't make words. It's like, it's like a review of like the last four years before lockdown hit because I had been like kind of dragging myself out of the pit and I felt like I was in a good place and then I just got knocked back and it was like when you said Saturn is all about limits I was like that yep that's a good explanation. Wow that is really interesting and it is something I like I heard when I was sort of first entering my Saturn returns having not didn't know a lot of context for it but people sort of explaining it to me was like Mm -hmm. those patterns those things that have built up over time they like come to a head you know and it, it, mm -hmm. that can feel so challenging um and so yeah that is really interesting and it sounds really hard that you were experiencing that and I, I'm like I'm curious too like I could because I learned about Saturn in Capricorn over the last few years I have sort of a narrow view of all of it of that and I'm curious what Aquarius Saturn and Aquarius means to you yeah that's a good question and um it's st it's still kind of vague in my mind honestly because Aquarius is such a wishy-washy woo-woo kind of <laughs> air sign and like no hate to, I, I I know plenty of Aquarii and I love them so much, but like it is kind of, it's harder to pin down than something like Sagittarius or Capricorn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it has a lot to do with communications, with friendships, um, sort of organizing and building relationships and finding one's place in the community. Um, but Aquarius is also, you know, I mean, it's a cliche, but like the hippies talk about the age of Aquarius for a reason. It's about new ideas and um, sort of looking at things in a different way. And actually, um, not only will, excuse my dog, he's so full of sneezes. Aww. So not only is like Saturn moving into Aquarius, but we all have, we also have like Jupiter joining it in this great conjunction on the winter solstice on December 21st. And so it really does feel like the age of Aquarius is coming for us. And I don't know what that means yet. Honestly, like I'm kind of in the middle cohort of millennials. And so 
like the Sagittarius millennial sort of got us started, started being world travelers and having us think about things outside of our own bubble. And I feel like the Capricorn millennials have started to turn over the rocks that were, you know, like, and we're looking at all the bugs underneath and we're looking at all these crappy cultural ideas, like you said, and really reevaluating our relationship to land quote unquote ownership and home ownership and like what a physical, like what a good life physically and materially looks like. And now like the Aquarius millennials, like what are we going to do? Like how on earth, you know, it's, I feel like it's going to be something kind of out of left field, um, possibly something to do with technology, especially with like, when you look at how lockdown has affected communication and how like everything is on zoom now and things are much more accessible in a lot of ways to um, folks who otherwise like couldn't travel to go to physical meetings and things like that. So Hmm. I don't know. It's, I think it's, I think we're definitely at a cultural moment and I'm very white, so I don't want to say too much, but I do feel like we're ready for a reckoning on a couple of different topics. And like, um, there's a couple of other big, transits coming as far as like the United States itself and I can't speak very well to this but my astrologer friend was mentioning that um, the U.S. is coming up on its Pluto return in like 2023 which again like Pluto is all about the dirty secrets and looking at the underworld and so I feel like this you know this reckoning around racial justice that has been happening that needs to happen more that is like kind of come to a head but you know it's not going to be done. You're never done um, with that sort of thing, I think is timely to say the least. Yeah. Whoa. I think absolutely. You know, when I hear Pluto dirty secrets, I'm like, it really feels like, I don't know what's been happening astrologically in this regard, but it has felt like such an exposure over the last four years of all of our dirty secrets, just like, all the white supremacists feeling empowered to speak their white supremacy out loud and um, just all the like underbelly of our society feeling emblazoned by, uh, by Trump. And uh, um, I, yeah, I just feel like knowing that that like that astrologically, we have more of that to look forward to. I think it's on one hand scary because it's scary when things get exposed, but on the other hand, it's like, it has to happen for us to like come back into right relation for us to actually have justice. Like it's like naming that, which is there so that we can make the changes so that we can work together, move forward, make it different, tear this mother down and, you know, Mm -hmm. rebuild it with our beautiful collective imagination. So um, I'm also curious my my I like was like ping 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 age of Aquarius I you know Mm -hmm. I remember I've heard I've heard the songs like and I'm curious is the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in Aquarius that's happening this December is that the beginning is that the dawn of the age of Aquarius okay um so I'm going to answer this question and then I'm going to go back because I have a comment on sort of the um shadowy underbelly stuff we were talking about okay um But the short of it is, I don't know. If you ask a different astrologer, you will get a different answer for this (laughs) every time. Because there's been a couple of bigger conjunctions in Aquarius um, and a couple of larger celestial bodies moving into Aquarius, you know, over the last 40 to 60 years. And like, I'm a baby astrologer. I honestly like, I'm still learning. I know a bit on some things, but I I'm still like working on that, the larger ages and like big cultural shifts type thing. So kind of, yes, I feel like it might be the spring equinox in the year of Aquarius, if that allegory makes any dang sense to you. (laughs) Um, But I, (laughs) I appreciate what you said about sort of exposing things And I just want to emphasize that whatever 2020 or like whatever 2016 to now has exposed was already there. Yeah. And like 
better folks than I have been fighting this fight for longer than I've been alive. And here's where I think, and I, gosh, I can't remember who this quote is attributed to. Um, so please shout it out if you know, but someone a few years back said that like, it's not that police violence against black folks is somehow getting worse. It's just that it's getting documented now because everybody has a smartphone in their hand. And I think that might tie in a little bit to this, um, the technology and communication aspect to Aquarius. Mm -hmm. It's really like sexual harassment has always been an issue in corporate America. Sexual harassment has always been an issue in government, but you know, it sort of just came a time that folks were sick of it and there was enough documentation and there was enough solidarity because people can communicate with each other um, in multiple ways now. And I think, especially as a queer person living in a rural area, I roll my eyes constantly at this whole like teens on screens panic because the internet has saved my life. And I think to me, that's been a big part of my Saturn return so far. Gosh, I didn't even mention this. I'm mixing so many talk topics. I'm sorry, yeah, but um, we're doing great. I love it. <laughs> like during that little Aquarius blip in the spring, I actually like talked to my counselor about transition and made appointments with a surgeon and with um, an endocrinologist. So it's really hilarious that I'm starting a podcast right now because over the course of this, y'all are going to get to hear me sound like a teenage boy with my voice cracking. <laughs> um, and so I think that aspect of like, one, like just my personal self-expression is going to be a huge thing in this time. But two, like just all of the things that we've been pushing down and pushing down as a culture. And I think gender identity is one of these as well. Like non-binary and trans people have been here. We have been here forever, five ever even. And it's, you know, only in the last four or five years have I been able to really feel like people know what the heck I'm talking about. I tried to come out in 2011 and, you know, nobody knew what a they, them pronoun was. And now like I get asked about it before my job interviews. And so I really just kind of feel like we're at a moment of, of shifting our understanding of a lot of things mm -hmm. and they're, they're interrelated, but again, like I'm really white, so I don't want to like make too many sweeping generalizations on this. <laughs> um, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for like, sharing your journey, your transition journey. And, you know, I just think it's really powerful for to have more stories, more people, you know, bravely telling their stories. Not that I would expect or need anyone to, but I just think it really does help. It is part of the cultural shift when, um, when it is normalized in conversation and with each other that, you know, mm -hmm. being yeah. who you are, and you know, that is, is, is exactly whole. So thank you. Yeah. I know there's one, I, I'm just going to throw a sentence out here and I'll let you finish your full thought, but I feel like there's been a lot of folks starting transition during quarantine and part of it's just like being alone with myself and being able to introspect and I guess I'll probably do a full episode on this at some point and part of it was that like representation and just hearing other people's stories and seeing other non-binary folks in media made it feel like something I was allowed to do something that was achievable for me whereas like like I'm 28, you know, I had been going back and forth on it for years and I just felt like I wasn't allowed to. And so I do hope that like, I don't know, being open about this will, will let other folks know that it's okay. Like you can do it too. Yay. Go you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hell yeah. Representation absolutely matters. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, and I don't know if I had any more whole thoughts that just was I was just cheering over here in my heart. So I wanted to say it. I appreciate your, your hyping me up. Um, <laughs> it is like half the reason that you have so graciously joined me on this podcast is to hype me up and help me have a sounding board for all of my silly rambles. <laughs> um, 
So would you like to go into our tarot spreads a little bit and tell our lovely listeners about uh, the spread you've designed for the eclipse coming up? Oh, by the way, there is an eclipse on, <laughs> on November 3rd at 3.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, and that eclipse will be, the sun will be in Sagittarius and the moon will be in Gemini. So huge communication and um, expression vibes around that one. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, I think you said November 3rd, but I think you meant to say November 30th. Yeah. That is correct. Okay, cool. Then that means we're talking about the same eclipse. Because <laughs> I was like, I must have missed one. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, thank you. So I sort of, just as I'm a budding, I feel like I'm budding everything, just amateur <laughs> everything. Um, I'm also budding in my understanding of eclipses and definitely been aided by the work of Sarah Faith Goddess Diener. So I want to just shout out there. But um, yeah, I in thinking about what I appreciate about the way Sarah has framed it is helping us consider what does the sun represent? What does the moon represent? What does the earth represent? So the fact that we have a lunar eclipse coming up, that means the shadow of the earth will be eclipsing the light of the moon and the moon it's herself. And I, and the earth, you can like the way that she described it and that was resonating with me is like the earth has this, it's, it's reality. It's what we're actually doing. It's like our physical work in the world. It's, um, the practices we do, the, the things we eat, the ways we garden, all that stuff. And then the moon is the subconscious, the unconscious, the intuition, the magic, the spirit, the mystery. Um, and so to have the shadow of the earth going over the moon, as I was interpreting, is this time where what you do in the world, the work you do in reality, your practices, your, your habits, your behaviors can have a real shifting effect, a real repatterning effect on some old patterns that are lounging around in the bellows of your being, like those kind of things that are just there. They're just stuck. They've been there forever. It's the water you swim in. It's so hard to see all that stuff. So, um, okay. so I made a tarot spread to reflect this moment with the eclipse as well as to connect it to this moment in the seasons it being late fall um almost winter so it is a time when our days are getting shorter still and um we continue at least like in my garden there's still a little bit of green popping out but more and more energy is going down into the earth so the the different placements we have up at the top the moon, you know, shining down on everything, this full moon in Gemini. Um, and that, that placement in the tarot spread, that is the patterns that you're ready to release or um, uncondition or repattern, however you want to phrase it. And then eclipsing that is the, the earth. So the shadow of the earth is the card on top. And that is like, how will you help repattern those patterns? How will you reprogram what work will you literally do what practices and then down below in the very bottom uh, of the spread it's a very kind of vertical spread and then at the bottom you have the soil so that um soil is what is being laid to rest what is just ready to decompose what can you really let go of and then above that is the seed the seed being what is waiting to emerge, you know, in the springtime, whether that means literally the springtime or sort of the, the springtime of your being. Um, and then in the center of the spread between the moon and between the, the ground, between the sky and the ground is, is the, the environment, the magic, the beauty, what magic, what beauty is accessible to you right now? You know, what, what is the flavor of the water or, you know, how want to put it um that you can kind of tap into in this moment so yeah i i hope that that helps some folks and you know i think what's so cool is tarot can be anything you you're going to use it whatever way you use it part of being a witch is finding your own connection to spirit and magic and so um if that feels helpful i invite you to adopt it spread it 
otherwise do something else, you know, do whatever you, mm-hmm. you need. I, you know, I've also learned eclipses have gotten a bad rep over the years of a time of fear, a time to hide away. And that, that part didn't resonate so much with me, but I, what part does is like being gentle with yourself, be gentle with yourself. That's a lot of, um, there's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. shifts. So that's my sort of my, my heart's uh, words for everyone. How about you? Thank you so much. I love that you um, a- a- adapted this idea yeah. of your own um vision yeah I um I tried out Leah's spread and like something and it just wasn't clicking for me like it was a really great spread um but my cards took it super literally and there were a couple of a couple of cards pulled that like made sense for me but they weren't really what I was looking for um so I ended up creating another spread that if you look up like if you go on wikipedia and look up lunar eclipse it kind of looks like the science book diagram so i have um a horizontal line of cards so on the left you have the sun um and then you have the earth and then you have the moon um and after the moon there's sort of a fan of three cards um two on the outside of where the earth's shadow would fall so on the outside of the umbra and one directly behind the moon in the darkest part of the shadow. Mm. And so for me, this was like that sun card was like, what is the light that's shining down? Like, what are you really like? What is your, what's happening? What's the meal low? Like, what's the friggin', what's the sitch? Um, I'm from the nineties, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and sort of just like, what is the message that is being beamed down at you as much as you may not want to see it right now? Um, and then the earth is sort of, like you said, um, <clears throat> one of your cards, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just completely lost my thread. So um, so then the earth card was would be like, where are you at? You know, what is your physical reality? How are you expressing yourself in the physical world? Um, and I really liked how you phrased that, like the work you do in the physical reality um, can really help old uh, repattern things. I like that phrase, repatterning. I hadn't heard that before. Um, so it's in this sort of like moon cluster of cards over here on the far right. The moon is like the main shadow or issue or, you know, whatever you're going to be working with through this. Um, and then the two cards on the umbra are sort of, we're just like helping or advice cards. Cause I'm always that guy. I'm like, I'm pulling extra cards and pulling extra cards. I need details. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then that final card, the shadow card was sort of like, what's going to hold you back? Like, what is the most difficult aspect of this situation? Um, and I do want to name that like this being a lunar eclipse will be a full moon. Um, and it's kind of like, I feel a lot of the themes coming together from the past two weeks because the new moon was like a day before my birthday and was the moon was in Scorpio. The sun was in Scorpio. It was a very Scorpio time. And so I was like, I'm going to do something for this. Um, and I sort of, it's just been on my mind a lot to look at, like you said, those old patterns and those old narratives that I've tried to shove myself into. And my intention for that new moon was like, I am going to be as openly and loudly me as I can. And it's been hard and like I've cried a couple of times and there's a lot of body stuff in that. Um, But I feel like that's really been present and I'm interested to see how this, um, how this full moon and eclipse affects that. And then like, geez, right after that, our next new moon on December 14th is gonna be a solar eclipse, which like, the moon will be in Sagittarius and the sun will be in Sagittarius. And so like, again, just another good time to really look at like what your priorities are in expression and what your priorities are in, I don't know where you're going, but not literally like your passion and your direction and all that goofy Sagittarius, you know, inspirational stuff. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of themes that are sort of coming up again and again for me throughout this summer and throughout 
this eclipse season as well. And a lot of them do have to do with that sort of um, upending old and harmful patterns. And I apologize, that turned into a bit of a ramble. Oh, an excellent ramble. Um, yeah, I um, I think this is the... I, I, I've sort of vaguely understood some of the significance of eclipses in the past, but I feel like it's the first year I'm really looking at it head on. And I'm really curious to sense the difference between the solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse and um it's like you know in a solar eclipse the one you're talking about on december 14th so there's like the moon that unconscious subconscious intuitive magic spirit fluidity mystery energy um Mm. obstructing obscuring the uh the sun the like all you know that's like the the personality the you know the personality mm-hmm. of everything the expression the energy and authority and leadership and all these things so it almost feels like the the re like as you're talking and I'm thinking about this I'm like it feels like the repatterning we can do you know f- during the lunar eclipse is really going to help create a healthier solar eclipse like we can you know it, one way you could put it is like we can get more done if we do mm-hmm. like do some nice work on the lunar eclipse like then we have a better chance of sort of changing culture helping shift some really strong harmful energies in our structures and systems for the solar eclipse. yeah and i think that <clears throat> i think that's starting to show itself when we you know when we took it like wow i can't make words when we look at um you know expressing our needs in the physical world and taking care of ourselves in order to have that emotional and spiritual health. Like so many people I know have been talking about like their plans for holidays this season. And so many folks are a little bit relieved to be able to stay home and not maybe not put themselves back into toxic or not accepting family situations. Um, And I feel like just over this last week, that has been kind of a make or break thing for folks whether or not you know you're gonna put your ideals into action and you know stay home or travel as it may be um and really sort of reflecting that I don't know again like just materially showing your values I guess through the way you're moving in the world which is very Sagittarius um so I'm interested to see yeah like I really like that like setting yourself up materially and concretely right now so that we can better handle this um, solar eclipse come the 14th and that that great conjunction come the 21st so like mid-december is just gonna be a ride um i have no idea what's gonna happen i'm not a good enough astrologer or anything to uh (laughs) to really try and make any predictions but there are some some significant aspects happening here yeah and as you were saying this I was also thinking about you know you were talking about this time being encouraged supported empowered to sort of step into your own transition and and it, it just makes me think about like eclipses and you know this time of transformation on a on a individual level and on a cultural level and I and I think also you know one aspect of this COVID time, and I have heard this from a number of people, and like like you said earlier, and I appreciate that. Like, I'm a I am a white privileged person. I'm like my general statements when I make them, take them with a bunch of grains of salt. You know, this is just things I'm noticing coming from my own framework. So, um, but I've talked to a handful of folks who have, while finding a lot of COVID stressful or potentially traumatic for losses due to losses another aspect has been a slowing down um Mm. that has been appreciated by a number of folks uh, myself included Mm. I felt like I've had more time this year to um for example write which is something that is important to me and just this less of a busyness I there's not just always somewhere to go or something but there's actually like nowhere to go um Mm -hmm. you know and and there is something in that that feels I hope culturally healing potentially like there, there is a maybe potentially a calming of the system. Obviously it's wrapped up in a bunch of trauma and challenge. Uh, 
also. So it can't be, it can't be generalized, but I do hope that there is medicine there that can be, um, that can keep going beyond the, um, pandemic and after we have a vaccine that's widespread Mm -hmm. yeah I appreciate that and I I sort of felt a similar vibe from a lot of folks in my circle but I do I do want to acknowledge that that is definitely not everybody's experience and uh, I've been really frustrated at sort of a disconnect between folks who are financially comfortable right now and folks who are not Mm. And I'm really hoping that folk, this will help more people see the necessity of universal health care, the necessity of higher wages, or, I mean, UBI is, is here or there, but essentially, you know, like people being able to financially care for themselves and our, our society having a safety net that actually works for people, because we obviously weren't prepared, like culturally, to take care of each other in, in many areas. Um, I know there's quite a few communities that have really come together and really kicked butt. Um, But as a whole, I feel like it's really, there's a lot of disconnect in the way that different folks have handled this pandemic. And it's revealing a lot of things. And I know it's revealed a lot of um, issues with the food system and it's been both a positive and a negative for a lot of farmers I know which is something we can we don't have to get into later I think COVID and farming has been covered a lot but it's relevant and in how people see their food access and their material reality so oh yeah I am so glad you brought all that up I feel like it kind of it fits in that exposure conversation like we have been so exposed for our Mm -hmm. lacking and all the ways that we are not supportive um, as a quote-unquote nation, although I am (laughs) increasingly post-nationalist. Anyway, a conversation for a different day. But it's really, um, I'm just so glad you brought that up because it, and that that's another part of our learning I hope carries on because this country has so much amnesia all the time. It's like we forget what happened Mm -hmm. a year ago. We forget what happened a hundred years ago. Um, and I hope that, you know, we can keep this going. And I, I, I don't have a full faith in our, <laughs> full, that's putting it lightly. I, you know, I don't trust our governmental systems to really dive deep, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm so obviously grateful that we got Trump out of office. And now there's just like, how are we going to get past the stagnation of the Senate and the stagnation of the process? And Yes, we have had these amazing mutual aid groups just everywhere growing and so much resilience that has grown in the face of a failed system. You know, learning how to take care of each other and take care of ourselves on a local level in many ways because we have discovered our the authorities that be could like especially these last four years couldn't give a flying F about us and um and now we're moving into a transition of power and it will be better and it will be different, but it's still not going to be the thing. It's still going to be a mm-hmm. continuation of a colonizing entity and a colonized entity. And, you know, I, I hope that Pluto, you know, 2023 <laughs> returning means, you know, we can really get towards a completely rebuilt system um that doesn't just live in amnesia yeah i I mean i've seen such awesome mutual aid um i agree but it's so limited by infrastructure and our farmers are limited by infrastructure so i'm hoping that you know we can start to build some some material support for like these local systems that really need to be revitalized um But I think, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't have a lot of faith in things at the federal level to change. And I'm hoping we can just keep doing mutual aid and keep building dual power and um, building better systems within this shuffling corpse um, that is (laughs) the United States right now. And um, I was really surprised. I I personally don't want to, like, get too 
into like electoral politics because I'm just kind of tired of it at this point. Mm-hmm. But I'm continually shocked at like the number of people who kind of dusted off their hands and went back to brunch after this election came through. And I'm hoping that enough folks will be rad- radicalized at this moment and encouraged and inspired to keep building that community-based power instead of looking to vertical hierarchical nonsense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I also am disturbed by the brushing one's hands off back to brunch because I mean, more people voted for Trump this year than four years ago. Um, Like on, like, yeah, Biden won. And it's terrifying to realize just how the, the stronghold of the, you know, what I'm seeing as the cult of Trump. Um, Mm. and I've also been watching a lot of things about cults recently and like science. (laughs) So it's like on my brain right now, but I think it is, you know, I think there is in some sense as a, what I've been thinking of as like a cult of America. There's like all the ways that we were raised to believe that this is how government works and these are how systems work. You know, this is the color, you know, white is the color of normal and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and, heterosexuality is the way that romance is like it's in some ways you you know it's conditioning but it also kind of feels like brainwashing it's been on my mind recently like I said watching a lot of (laughs) a lot of cult related things so but I do feel like when I learn about cults it helps me self-reflect and be like what ways am I brainwashed you know and it helps Mm -hmm. me sort of it's just another angle from which to approach the um conversation of being a white person you know immersed in stories and tales and about white people and white supremacy and white normalcy so um yeah i i uh i think i think i yeah i just i keep thinking about the mutual aid groups and just that that there's so much regrowing there's so much growing and there has been like you said earlier for so long there's just been movement Mm -hmm. for so long and it and on a local level, it gets to happen a lot faster and a lot more, in my opinion, like ethical ways than what happens at those top levels, those federal levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and this is part of the reason I avoid um, kind of the normal way people talk about electoralism is I don't believe it was about 45. I don't believe it was, I mean, he was kind of a figure and a weird one at that the people rallied around, but it's it's honestly just this white rage and this white anxiety that found a point around which to orbit and it's not going to go away like you said you know those people are still out there there's still dudes in big ugly trucks flying you know that flag those flags around my neighborhood and you know this is something we can get into in a further episode i think it's really like the connection between white supremacy and cult-like thinking or indoctrination is really true and like yeah like I'll tell my therapist sometimes I feel like my entire culture is gaslighting me because you know we're having a pandemic and an economic collapse and climate crisis and people are still like going to their jobs at the car dealership and it just feels like bonkers like I I don't know how else to say it I hate to be sanest because I'm crazy but it feels freaking crazy um so I think a lot of folks are I hope are sort of getting shook out of that and seeing like the necessity to like you said slow down and provide for each other I just hope that we're able to you know get to a place where we can do that um without more and more loss and unfortunately that doesn't really look like the direction we're going but yeah I don't know I I can't predict the future um <laughs> thankfully <laughs> yeah it'd be kind of stressful to have to <clears throat> predict the future oh man um, well thank you so much for joining me this evening and uh is there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up no I don't think so it's just been it's always a pleasure I always get to go into new and unexplored places that already sounded wrong I'm like that that just sounded like <laughs> a colonizer speaking so 
Um, I guess I'll say I just like getting my mind expanded whenever I talk to you. So this was great. Yeah, I th- this is my my fear when we started this is like, I know it's going to be a challenge for us to keep it under an hour because once we get going, we just <laughs> ramble forever. Um, it's very silly, but yeah, I appreciate you being with me and I hope that you have a lovely, introspective and revelatory um, lunar eclipse on Sunday night slash Monday morning. And um, I will see you. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell our listeners we're doing bi-weekly. So we're doing some moon cycle nonsense um, because we're those hippies. (laughs) So I will see you right before that solar eclipse in December. And we will see how, uh, how the 30th treats us. Thank you. Yeah, I also I hope that it brings you what it is you want and what it is you need and um yeah, some repatterning that that will help us all spring forward in a more um positive, supportive direction. So thanks for having mm-hmm. me.